Hello everyone, it's Crit Apocalypse. I started it before Matt's ready. Ha 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 ha, episode 19. You think I'm not ready? I'm always fucking ready. I'm never fucking not ready. I'm always on it. Hi guys. We're going to review things, and you may notice that there's a lot of noise in the background. It's actually... Go silent for a second. Yeah, that is really coming out on the mic. It's pissing it down with rain. It is raining in Woking. Yes. Ah. It's lovely. Which is nice, because that you know echoes what I did last weekend, which... Which was, I went to Download Festival 2015. Woo. It raining. It pissed it That's down. That's what you get it? for going to download instead I'll of coming out for what, my birthday. I'll tell you what, I had a great time. I hugged a bunch of people I don't know. I think I kissed a man. Yeah, well. I was drinking a lot. Went in download. Drinking a fuck ton. Oh. But uh, met some lovely people and had a great time. Yeah. On to the first review! <laughs> yeah, we're going to review Bring on the review! Review a thing. You're starting. Am I starting? All right. So this, uh, this, this, uh, this fortnight, I am going to start talking about Orange is the New Black. Um, it is. You should a... have started reviewing download. Now you tell me. Yeah. Now we started, but you can go on oh, with Orange is the New Black. Fuck! I can't now. go back. I can't reverse. There's only forward on this train. Is the Matt train, and we're drinking. Okay. So I am definitely having flashbacks. But anyway, Orange is the New Black is a series about a lady who goes to prison and her troubles with people inside and her watching. dealings and so on and so forth. It's up to season three. Surprisingly enough, for quite a somber season two and serious tone in season two, season three has actually been the funniest season so far. There's been some great characters introduced. There's a nice ending. There's a nice roundup to a lot of things. We find out why some of the women are in prison, which is an ongoing theme to most of the series. And, uh, well, they and know. yeah, just all well, no, there's some people that you don't know the stories of. Yeah. You like meet them. Because you obviously know Piper, she's the one who's got caught for drug trafficking. Oh, they're doing the Oz thing where every now and again you get Yeah, every now and then you get to know where someone's come from. But um, all in all, it's a really good series. Season 3 is stellar. I mean, there are a couple of issues with it. Like, there's a very ambiguous nature to a lot of characters and what's happened to them. Some characters have gone. Some have come in. Some, their fate's unknown. You know, it's just, it's one of those things where... To, to create a full sense of tension, they've just not revealed all the information. They've given you most of it, they've not just put that full stop on it. And I think that's because they assume people won't come back, or they want more people to come back, or they want to leave people wondering. I don't know why I've they do it I've got a feeling with Netflix is that a lot, of the, a lot of the people they contract on a per-show basis, so they don't necessarily know if they're going to be back. Because yeah. like Rosario Dawson in Daredevil, who's only in like five episodes. So hot though. Yeah. But I love Rosario Dawson. Would, shouldn't, would it make sense for her to have been around towards the end of the series a lot more? It would have right. made sense to see her in a position where she was like getting phone calls from Matt and helping him yeah. heal up and stuff. But no, I don't. I don't think they would have done it because contractually, can you imagine paying her for five minutes of her time in each episode? Yeah. You have to pay her for the full episode. It could have been like, "Hey, what do I do about this bullet wound? Stop dressing up like a nut job fighting criminals." What What should I do about What should I do about this? Let Iron Man do it because yeah. he does a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Like, Captain America lives right down the road. Spider-Man's around. Spider-Man's about now. They haven't cast him yet. But they haven't they cast him yet, but like he can be wearing a costume. <laughs> anyway, Orange is the New Black. Is Captain Janeway still in it? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Although, she talks like this in a really bad Russian accent all the time. She's like, hello, I am Russian. I love this. I love hoagies. I love strudel. Can't strudel. Yeah, I just said it in a weird way because I was trying to Isn't do Isn't she allowed to ever be English? yeah. In anything. Is she actually British? Yeah, she's British. Is she? Yeah. Oh, shut up, is she? Yeah, she is. I thought she was Russian. <laughs> no, it's a really good series. No, I, she's I, taking it slow. You haven't watched any of it, have you? No, I will so watch I it one day. Because you made me start watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, now you're into it, aren't you? Um, halfway through series two. 
<laughs> yeah. It's really good, isn't it? That Danny DeVito in that. Yeah, he's great. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a really good series. If you get a chance to watch it, I'd recommend it. I give it a solid Thomas Jane. Mm. Thomas Jane. It's a new person I'm bringing into the review spectrum. Thomas Jane in Stander. Thomas Jane in The Punisher 1. Oh, hell yeah. Great That film. is a film I need to review on my site it's one day. It's a great film. A lot of people don't give it the credit it deserves, but it does have one of my favourite kills, and that's where what? the guy the guy gets shot in the stomach on mm. the balls, I can't remember, and he yeah. starts letting out the... They're like it's like a just a continuous cord, and Thomas Jane just takes a knife and shoves it in the bottom of his mouth. <laughs> also, the fight against the Russian, yeah, is brutal. incredible. Yeah, incredible. So I give this a Thomas Jane. There are some things that we wish it didn't do, but overall we forgive it because there's been some great times. What do you think of um, John Burnfall being cast as Punisher in Daredevil season two? I don't care because uh, like as because that's that's canon now, isn't it? He's the Punisher. Yeah. So he's he's absolutely the Punisher, not yeah. everything that Marvel do. So like, I like that. I, I can't. I, I like think he him. looks really spot on for yeah, it. Yeah, I like him. Um, the Punisher was, was he was never he was never Italian, was he? Uh, no, I don't really care. No, I just I just thought that'd be a question I'd ask. But um, he's Italian. Go- was Burnfall Italian? I think Probably. he might be. He, he looks, looks a bit. He looks a bit like gangster. The one thing I wanted to do is not put his hand on his hips and look at the floor whilst telling people why they're wrong because that's all he did in Walking Dead. And I'd yeah. like him to stop doing that. To be honest, I don't think he got a good chat in Walking Dead because he was great in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I need to watch that. That all, like, pen scene, buffing everything. Like, yeah, there's a pen scene well. where um, he's he's talking to he's trying to like talk to these people about selling stuff, and he goes and um, Leonardo DiCaprio is like sell me this pen. And he hands it to a guy, and the guy turns to him and he goes, he goes, hey, you want to buy a pen? And he's like, no, that's fucking wrong. He takes it off and gives it to John Bareffle, and he goes, and he goes, listen here, take down my number. And he goes, I can't, I don't have a pen. Supply and demand. Like that, <laughs> and it's brilliant. That's fantastic, just straight to the point. But um, yeah, I think he's really good. I reckon uh, it's going to be interesting to see him. The thing that I wanted out of this week, and the thing I was just waiting for a confirmation on, Jason Statham as Bullseye would be Fucking phenomenal. He says he's not in for doing it. He's though, not he? in for doing it. The negotiations fell through. Yeah. I think it was something to do, probably to do with costs. Bullseye was in the first series. Did you spot him? No. No, the sniper who takes out the police officers at the when they, you know they're in the raid and they got the building. Oh yeah. Um, when he opens up his case, there's a bunch of playing cards inside there. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Did not notice that. No, I am. Um, I loved loved Daredevil season one. I just think it's going to have a problem with its sophomore season. Yeah. Because he's got that shitty costume now, so we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. <laughs> They'll crap. tweak that. You reckon? Marvel tweaks the costumes constantly. I just hope that he just goes back to the black costume because it's more practical. Hmm. Like, I understand the need for body armour. I think making the costume one colour rather than having black and red, but make it a really dark red. Yeah. Like, because, I mean, I know people don't like the Ben Affleck one, but I think, the, for one thing, the costume got right is that it was a, it was a right shade. It looked nasty One other dark. thing was uh, it got the flexibility right because, like, you know, they do you see the original ones? It was just, like, a single piece of leather. Yeah. But it, here's one in that film. Not many people know it, but it's two parts. Yeah. It's trousers and the top. Yeah. So he can go like, out on night on the town, just take his top off and yeah, just be like, yeah, no one will notice. Look at me in my red snakeskin trousers. Well, I'll review a thing. We're going to keep with the Marvel theme. I'm going to review Agents Two, season two of Agents of Shield. I've also watched this. Yeah. It's been a bit wobbly. It's been a bit up and a down. Bit. I thought. Yeah, a bit. Um, it kind of felt like because season one had this as well, where it didn't know where it was going. Like, yeah. went, this is definitely our villain. Yeah. Don't know what he's going to do yet. But um, key key thing when you're doing a story, you plan out where it's going to end, so that the story gets there. Um, I think Did they you... kind of intended for Cal to be the main bad guy for quite a lot of it, and then they just lost interest and set up other bad guys. Yeah, they. I think that the problem was they found that too many people liked having Carl McLaughlin in the yeah. series, and they were like, "Oh, we don't want to get rid of him now because this yeah. is our draw." But it was weird because the first half of the series was like. They had a nice dichotomy going on where he wants Sky. She wants to meet her father. She knows he's out there, but doesn't know what he's like. Yeah. 
Hydra wants Sky to get into Shield and all this sort of stuff. Because they think if they can get her, they can grab get into Shield or some way. Yeah. Um. So there's like they're all pulling against each other. That was nice. But then that's Hydra kind of faded away, and then randomly someone from Hydra would turn up. Has Hydra actually been destroyed now? No. Because it kind of acted like it was towards the end of the series. No, like you you've got to remember there's still small um, small segments of yeah. So you know how but they mentioned no leaders came up in the place of the ones who were taken out, didn't they? Yeah, but you know how um, the beginning of season two of Agents of Shield they were a small offshoot shield yeah. they weren't really shield because shield didn't exist yeah it's exactly the same for hydra you've got to imagine there's a mirrored image of that yeah. happening with hydra and um we're gonna go into spoilers territory for season two i assume yeah we're gonna do spoilers it's already been on and everyone saw it months ago in america didn't they we only just got it like two weeks ago you only just got it two weeks yeah well i'm behind i always watch them when they come on tv here yeah, don't they no, i understand um yeah i mean uh, probably my probably my biggest Probably the biggest win for season one was having that nice little after credits style scene at the end hmm. where you find out that Bill Paxton's still alive and then someone just comes <laughs> back and finishes him off Yeah, with the destroyer gun. And um, I kind of wanted that to happen at the end of this one. I didn't want Ward back. I, I kind of like Ward. Him. Loads I of people like, hate him. I like him. I like him. But hmm. them being tentative about killing off people from the original five or six people in the first season yeah. is what makes them seem so invincible and the whole thing just seem like there are no stakes. The thing is with Ward, I kind of think he's an absolute mess, but I kind of enjoy that he's a mess. and you think that He's, he's much gonna... more interested now than he was at oh, the start. Oh, he's massively interesting. But people always re- re- they hated him at the start of the first series, but when I look back at it now, I think they made him boring on purpose. It was They wanted him to be just this really charismaless like dull character so that when he does turn he's like cackling the bad evil it's funny it's crazy it's like whoa shit yeah it's like who is the real ward yeah like in this series he freaking murders his family he burns his brother to death in his house yep makes him dig his own grave like makes him dig a hole (laughs) it was pretty dark yeah it was pretty dark and I like that they embraced it I liked um, Lucy Lawless Lucy Lawless or what's the face the bad guy Xena Xena Oh yeah, Lucy Laws. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking Lucy Lou. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lucy, racist, racist. <laughs> right now, I'm calling racist on that one. Um, yeah, Lucy Lawless at the beginning of the series. She was in a nice two episode arc. She appeared. She died. She's in one other episode. Once she towards the end when they had the flashback. Oh, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah cause she was before. taking the boat. Was with she? Them. Yeah. yeah, she was. I was a bit annoyed that they killed her because I'm not. I like Lucy Lawless. I'm not because when you've got a name like Lucy Lawless and people people that watch TV are going to listen. She didn't fly either. Lucy Lawless can fly. Yeah, Everyone that's knows been, that's yeah. been canon. That's canon Simpsons. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, um, in regards to season two, it felt darker, it felt a bit more fleshed out. And also, John was really nice. Hmm. Um, they they had um, they had Thingy have issues because his brain shut off, didn't it? Yeah. He was suffocated. Loads of people moaned about that at the start of the yeah. series, saying, oh, they're making it seem like having a mental deficiency is an illness. But you watch the series and it gradually repairs and he gets better and better. He doesn't get By better. Yeah, but, people say he gets better, he gets more confident, but yeah. he still has those issues. I would be more annoyed if he suddenly was like Gareth Gates in X Factor. But by the like, end of the series, I, 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 and then all of a sudden he's like, I don't mind. Talking. By the end of the series, he's nervous and stuff, but he's like, he gets jobs done. Yeah, he's still forgetting like, shit. Forget. He was yeah. getting jobs done before the cloak generator and all that other shit, but he was just he had that mental block mm. that he couldn't describe it. Yeah, he can't work with others in the same way. And now he had the best line of the whole leaving, series. You know when they um, trap Daniel, what's his face in, or whatever his name, the teleporter guy in the room, and he goes, "What did you do to me?" And he smacks him in the head and goes, "Science, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> that was the best line in the series. Yeah, that was good. 
But um, but yeah, it just um, I liked it. I really liked it a lot more than season one. Hmm. I didn't like season one only kicked off after the um, Captain America bit happened. Yeah, that was really good. That part. Yeah, but before that, it was kind of yeah. I I think it was a lackluster introduction for the Inhumans. Yeah, it was really lackluster, and also like I don't like the fact that like they were like welcome to the village of the Inhumans, and there's one building. And a street. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we saw. It's one building and a street, and we're told that that's where the Inhumans Do you think live. They're building up for the Inhumans film to be led by Sky, and have no. Out. She's not strong enough. But not the whole point of her. Character. Yeah, but the whole thing of um, that she's doing supposed to be in series three is that she's going to be building a team of superheroes that are like yeah. the covert superheroes. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're meant to be the Inhumans in the end, but then you'd have bigger names like. Oh, what you think they'll be like a Secret Avengers, and they'll be like. Yeah. No, I reckon. It could be that, Secret Avengers. That'd be quite cool. Here's here's my prediction. Um, the film will come about, and she'll be treated as an ambassador. Mm. And her pro, her who she is will be explained in like a two minute segment. Like my name's Sky. I work with Shield. I am an ambassador for the Inhumans. Anything you want to ask them, you can ask me. But they They'll do like, not hold negotiations. Yeah, <laughs> they do not hold negotiations on their land because there's been previous issues. And that'll be it. That's all you need because that's her. Fulfilling her segment of the Marvel universe—that's nice. Mm. That'd be good. No, I think I think the lava in there because she's Quake. She's not some obscure character. She is. Yeah, but Quake isn't in the Inhumans comic now. No, but Marvel are rewriting what's what now. Mutants aren't even mutants anymore. The best Inhumans comic was the one where um, was the one about the people that got attacked by the Terragun. Because in the comics, the Terragun mist doesn't kill you if you're no. human. It just washes over you and you're fine. Yeah, but in in the in the program, obviously, it's going to be a different story. It's going to be a different cell. But in the comics, they um, well, they want to have an ultimate weapon of mass destruction type yeah, thing going yeah. around, don't they? Or yeah, I reckon the town will be destroyed. It might be like civil war. That's the kick. It's not a threat to humans. If if the team's entirely human and the Terrigen Miss isn't a threat to them, yeah. you haven't got a threat. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I reckon um, I reckon they're going to do a story based on the Thanos because uh, mm. Thanos Thanos. It'll tie into that. It's after but, it's after Infinity. It's, after the second part of Infinity War now, isn't it? When they added Spider-Man in, they bumped Inhumans back. So Inhumans going to be after Infinity War? Yeah. Wow, that's going to be fucking shit, because yeah. Thanos is... Thanos is essentially an Inhuman. Hmm. They're related. They're one and the same. Be interesting. But Thanos' son... Because Thanos, at one point, wanted to kill his son. Yeah. But his son was human, be. which was the ultimate disguise. Thanos couldn't find him, because he was exactly the same as the other cattle to him. Yeah. So he released it. He released all the Terrigan Mist to transform all the Inhumans and hopefully transform his son so that he could recognize him and he could kill him because his son was a major threat to him. Yeah. But in in turn, he made this army of Inhumans that were incredible, superpowered people. And then what happened was Medusa and Black Bolt went around asking people if they wanted to join the Inhumans, if they wanted a place to learn how they use their powers, and if they decided to go back to Earth, they could. But for that period of time, they would be in. That's probably where the film will be. Then. then it'll probably be he in probably Infinity War. He'll unleash. Like, That's what I'm thinking. Thing and in, in, in humans will be the aftermath. But of I that. still want Infinity War to be the first half is going to be on Earth. No, actually, no. The first half is going to be in space. It's going to be galactic. It'll be Iron Man in his latest guise. It'll be Guardians of the Galaxy. They'll be fighting off the army of Thanos with Nova by that point. I do want God Iron Man in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Him and Chris Pratt, like... They'd be incredible. Yeah. I, I would be charmed right out my pants. Yeah. I'd be jacking it in the cinema. Yeah. But... Pee-wee um, Herman. Yeah, so be those two... How do we get Pee-wee Herman into the Avengers? I have no idea. We should try, though. He could be... Uh, who's the guy he plays Modoc. in Mystery Men? <laughs> in Mystery... Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, can't remember. Yeah, anyway. No, no, no. But, um, but yeah, yeah, first half in uh, First half in space... 
have the Guardians of the Galaxy fighting the armies of Thanos, trying to weaken him for his arrival on Earth so that they could have a chance. And then part two, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, everyone's on Earth, and they are kicking the living shit out of Thanos, trying to just save the planet. Mm. Can you imagine that? The armies coming down. You'd have Chitari, you'd have Kree, you'd have everyone, and it'd be a free-for-all. And the best thing is that you could have people fighting as well. Because every film so far, people have just been running, screaming little fucking piss hands. But if you get enough people together, and if the world's at threat, imagine New York City, but on a fucking global scale. Everyone is fighting back against the Chitauri. Imagine, you could have like you could have it go to London, and have Captain Britain, have fucking Arthur, have uh, Merlin, because Merlin's Britain. a member of the MI6 in the Britain, British uh, Marvel comics. Have those guys kicking the living shit out of a bunch of Chitauri, and a bunch of football hooligans in the background bricking a couple of them. That'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? Just bricking a sock. Yeah, just bricking. No, not even What's bricking What's your power? Sock. Brick sock. What's your power? I'm not going to sleep for the next two hours, and there's a couple of people I wouldn't mind kicking the shelf, and they got laser guns over there. Get it on. Two hours to Eastenders on. I'm going to kick some stops. <laughs> I've got about a half hour before Watchdog, and I make my appearance on TV. Might as well get another one in before lunchtime. Got a complaint about some plumbers. <laughs> DIY SOS. Mm. I'm one of the plumbers. But no, it'd be great. I reckon they should do that. That'd be incredible. Yeah. You'd re- like imagine that, and imagine the cameos you could get. We could probably sneak in. Yeah. Oh, I could be Captain Britain. I've got that hair. Um, one of the girls who used to work at HMV, her brother's in, her bo- um, ex-boyfriend's in Captain America. Oh, is he? He's one of the Nazis. That's why he's her ex, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but imagine that, I could be Captain Britain. You could be Merlin. Merlin. <laughs> I be Merlin. I'm blatantly going to be Modoc if I'm ever cast <laughs> in the universe. Don't put yourself down, you could do a good Hulk. <laughs> Reckon if we, if we get you Chris Pratt's trainer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll get that... Um, Marvel body that yeah. they all have they all look the same with the show should we start hitting the gym get Marvel bodies I've, the Gaim the Gaim night Gaim, Gaim. what the hell's a Gaim <laughs> what the hell is a Gaim anyway Agents of Shield season 2 I can't do cardio two times it a day it was um, season 2 of Agents of Shield was wobbly but uh, it was decent in times and it got when it peaked it was really good yeah but um, and then you had episodes where you were just like uh, uh, how would you because there's, there's five does, does Sky's mum have to be evil yeah did she really? Yeah, because you had to have right. So Carl McLaughlin was duality of man, and then they actually were his makeup duality looked weird. Man. It did look <laughs> shit, didn't it? And it was like, what has he been injecting himself with? Pigs? I know they were referencing like um, sort of Frankenstein Doctor, monster type injectable thing. Style. Yeah, but it did look silly on him. Yeah. Um, because we've spoken about all five of the top, we've spoken about all five of the top series right now that are based on superheroes, haven't we? We've, yeah. I mean, fuck off, Superwoman. That was shit, but. We've spoken about um, Arrow, Flash, Gotham, Flash, Gotham, Arrow. Yeah. You know, what is your top five? So, how would you rate them? Um, I put Flash at the top for sure. Um, Second, the current series, or just overall? No, this is this is. Should we say current series because yeah. Daredevil can't really repeat? Daredevil and Flash would be at the top. Yeah. Like, so you go Flash, Daredevil. Yeah. And then that'd be a tricky one though because I think Daredevil's a better drama by far, better written show, but Flash is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I've had think- fun. I think that if I was to watch Daredevil for 20 episodes, probably it tire. would be horrible. Yeah, because they would do whole episodes which were just one, like a freaking bottle episode. It'd be foggy. Yeah. yeah. So you go <laughs> Flash. More foggy. They need to do a series about foggy. <laughs> What's he doing today? He's eating a donut. Shit, that was last week's episode. <laughs> so you go you go Flash, Daredevil, then? Um, See, the other ones I think have been a bit wobbly. Yeah. Because Arrow Series 3 was wobbly as hell. Like, not yeah. even on the spectrum, I'd say Gotham no. is way off. I quite like some parts of Gotham, though. But would you rate it higher than Arrow? I like the design of Gotham and the 
the style more than what it did. Yeah, yeah. So probably put Arrow third though. Yeah, Arrow third, and then sort of Goth Agents of Shield and Gotham. Agents of Shield yeah. and Gotham. But Gotham, I like. I think there's a lot of stuff in that's like, but people are a bit harsh on it. But they need to figure themselves out. Yeah, I would. I would say that for me, Daredevil would be number one. Mm. But that last episode, I didn't need. <laughs> I didn't need a showdown between Daredevil and Wilson Fisk. I knew who was going to win that. We all knew who was going to win that because the last episode of a series. If you had that confrontation two episodes before, and then the last two were him trying to repair the damage and fight off the the henchmen, like the yeah. the taking down. The, you remember the game Mercenaries? Yeah. Do you remember you had the the cards and yeah. you had to find the people on the cards? They were your top five. Yeah. Imagine if you had that and he was just taking out. But yeah, no. I, I I'm hoping the all. next series will be um, Wilson Fisk will be around, but I kind of want Punisher to actually be the bad guy. Like, I, I have want, him hunting Daredevil down. Yeah, I want the Daredevil to be trying to find people that are doing wrong hmm. and to, to walk in on crime scenes and just know. I want it to be almost like a ghostly presence hmm. because the training that that, Dare, that, um, that the Punisher has compared to the, the abilities of Daredevil, there is no competition. The Punisher would win. Hmm. He would just win, sadly, because the Daredevil is a much more interesting character. Yeah. But uh, but I'd like him to be almost like a ghostly presence. And then in the last episode, I'd like the Punisher to be cigar chewing, M16 slung over the shoulder, and just goes. So I've heard you've been uh, taking some of my jobs, <laughs> and then just be like, and then like that is just that's the end of the series. You don't need another conversation because that's all they need to say. Because <laughs> they know they're allies, but there's a little bit of competition. That'd be a nice touch. But Punisher should be hunting down Daredevil. No, they did that in the, the comics Daredevil's a bunch not a criminal. Times. Well, yeah, he he's a vigilante. He's a vigilante, but yeah. so is the Punisher. It'd yeah. be like him shooting a mirror Punisher every time he throws it is for reflection, wouldn't it? But there's a whole there's a whole story arc where Punisher's hunting. There is indeed, but that's when the Daredevil was accused of murdering someone, mm. which was done in the films, but mm. wasn't a very good interpretation of that. But yeah, yeah, the Daredevil did get accused of murder. I'm happy as long as they don't bring Elektra into it. Oh fuck, Elektra! But I think they've cast her, so that's the upsetting thing. Fuck Jennifer Garner. No, <laughs> I don't think the Elektra. I don't think Elektra's a very ben interesting character. She's not interesting. No. There's, uh, it, her purpose got, is to die. Yeah, that's her purpose. If you've got Scarlett Johansson as, as Black Widow, you've got Elektra times fifty. Mm. Getting Spymaster, that'd be Sp- fucking awesome. Taskmaster. No, Spymaster was the woman with the mask over yeah. the scar. Right. She was essentially like the reverse of Black Widow. She was an evil version mm. of Black Widow. Is she in Agents of Shield? No, nope. <laughs> that woman. Nope. Oh wait, actually, she might have been. Is that the woman with the face? Yeah, she's got the face. Is that meant to be Spymaster? Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Shit, didn't think of that. Anyway, you review another thing. Um, I am going to review... Uh, I'm going to play my Transformer. I'm going to review Massive Chalice on the Xbox One. Oh, I've reviewed that. Um, you have. <laughs> so on Xbox gonna, One. But... I'm going to keep it very short. Um, it's a very pretty game. Yeah, I like the look of it. It's that the art flat design's shaded, fantastic. like, yeah. angular. Yeah, it is. And the dialogue as it's going through. The dialogue's nice and silly yeah. sometimes, and then They took out times. one line of dialogue, I noticed, oh, really? in the final version. Yeah. Um, they never say, all oh, that could have been avoided. Ah. Because they say it all the time, it really bugged me because it can't be avoided. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. <laughs> I just, um, I'm going to admit right off the bat that if you're playing this on the Xbox One for the first time, um, go into autopilot for the first level because it is terrible. <laughs> I don't know if you agree. Is, do you hate the first level? It ran, it's randomly decided that first level. Every time you start, it's different. Oh, right. It'll so. always be an inter- inside a building, but yeah. it'll always be a different layout every time. It was awful. Mm. You have I, the. Um, the mix of characters as well, you can manipulate that a little yeah. bit, but yeah. It was it was just it was cheese grater against the nutsack for me. <laughs> I I um XCOM. I played XCOM for the first time, uh not long ago. And uh and that first level I was like, I'm game, I'm ready. I'm yeah, gonna XCOM shoot some aliens. Brilliant. Done. 
But in Massive Chalice, the first level, I'm like, I'm really not sure if I'm going to commit to this. <laughs> it's like a relationship with a girl that's a really good lay, but you can't take her around your friend's house because she'll start neighing at people. Neighing. It's yeah. because she's a horse. It is because she's a horse. Nah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good game. It's just... No one's thought about it. Have you got to the point it. where it's really fucking difficult? No, no, yeah. I haven't been, I've only played for like two hours. Uh, only well, two hours. When you get to about like year 150, yeah. 200, it gets nasty. Oh, really? Um, they have balanced it a lot, and they've done a lot better now, I think. I still think Hunters are way overpowered. They're like, the ones, the range ones, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, get yourself some trick shots and the Alchemist ones, the Caber Jack ones with the exploding Cabers. Yeah. Um, they're really good, but... Um, Hunters are all you need early on. Later on, you want the other ones, but it yeah. is, it's such a tough game. I always say with um, that and XCOM, play a few stages and then restart. So you've got yourself acclimatised to the way it works. I don't think I'd make the it way through that re- first level again. <laughs> but you've got to get yourself around. You can switch off tutorials when you go I second think, playthrough. I think it'd be nice if you could save and have multiple save slots. You can on that. Can you? Yeah, you can have oh, multiple cool. save slots. Cool, yeah. that's fine, because then I can just play through the tutorial. Have multiple save slots and just. You'll develop. have the same families each time in the same setup at that first bit, though, wouldn't you? Your first five oh, guys, they've got yeah. randomised stats. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. A lot of people start the game and check what stats they've got and then restart. Most of my people are scrawny as well. That, that upsets me. Because <laughs> I'm stocky. I had, well, um, I had an army of old dudes at one point with big beards, but. Um, that's incredible. Once you start getting the wrinklers, you want to avoid them with old men. Yeah. Because wrinklers can kill you without even killing you. Like, they can oh, injure right, you yeah. and you age five years. Oh, shit. And I've had players die. I've had characters die of old age. Like, <laughs> I had one round where I only had one hunter and he got killed by old age by a wrinkler and I was left with a bunch of alchemists who only have five bombs. <laughs> and I, I did it. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't lose anyone else. But they were so close to death yeah. you could basically smell the Werther's originals. Yeah, so I've learnt now if I if I see wrinklers on there and I need to do that one I take all the old guys out of my gang. I have got it to the point now where I've got plenty of troops now. I'm doing yeah. quite good with that. <laughs> but um, but all in all I'm, I, I'm enjoying it. I just wish that wasn't there. Hmm. Because you know you know when you're cycling uphill yeah. And you like you get there and you're you're on top and it's just level. There's no there's no Wah! there's just level. Mm. It's just level and you're like, "Oh, well this is the game I should have been playing before the hill. I should have just been at this level and then it should go up a hill yeah. when I get about the halfway point. It shouldn't be this grating this early on." But other than that, it's so good. Yeah. There is so much going on as well, which I fucking adore. The only thing I really would have liked in the game was a cover system. But then it would have been really been like XCOM. Yeah, then it would have just been XCOM. Yeah. Um, I like the personality of the game. Mm. I like the aesthetics of the game. I mean, all in all, it's fucking incredible. Especially it, right now, it's free on Xbox Live Gold. I don't know if this is going to come come out before. Yeah, you have of the a few month. days left. All right. Yeah, yeah download it. It would be free next month as well because they tend to carry one. No, over, I think they're switching both the games. Well, Plus, they? they can't take a twenty quid hit for a whole month on. I don't care. It's a new game. I already paid for it for everyone else. That's true. <laughs> Kickstarter. Um, but it's it's an incredible game for free. Mm. It is an incredible game for free. It's just get through that first level. It's gonna be it's gonna be a drinking level. You'll probably have to have a few drinks. It's not that bad. It's it just is. straightforward walking shoot the bad guys. So much. Exit. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I hated it. And I don't know why. Really? You, what you're saying is right. It is simple. It's easy. You only have two types of bad guys in there. You have I the seeds and the um, lapses. As soon as I was out of there, lapses. Yeah, lapses. As soon as I was out of there, it's like, wow, look at this. But when I was in there, it was like, oh, this is this is a two p coin. You said you were going to give me a fiver, and you give me two p. And you're looking at it you're like, what is this? And then as soon as I'm out, I'm like, oh, there's the fiver. You can switch off tutorials when you um, start a new game. Yeah, which but, I'm yeah. going to do. Mm. Makes it quicker, but, um, but you have to remember to choose research. 
But because <laughs> if if it cost money, I would be more annoyed about that level. Hmm. But because it's free for me, I give this a Tom Atkins. Yeah. I give it. I give it full. It's, it's great. As soon as you pass that level, this is Valhalla. This is great. There's loads of loads of little tweaks you can make. Loads of shit you can do. Loads of stuff to find out. Yeah, when you start getting legendary weapons, that's yeah. when it really kicks I can't off, wait. Like, I really it? can't wait because I am building this thing. It's like Minecraft, but fantasy, and it's got this whole crazy thing going on. I'm loving it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I need to play it some more. I need to finish it, but I brought the XCOM download content, so I'm going to be playing that for a while. So you brought <laughs> Enemy Within? Yeah, I finally bought that, yeah. I, I haven't everything. bought it yet. How much was it? Um, it was on the Steam sale for like £3 or something like that. I just bought four pounds. New Vegas, so yeah. I can't afford it now. Because oh. I, I It goes get, into sales all the time. I get paid next Thursday. As soon as I get paid, I'll go on eBay or some shit. Yeah. Cause someone will They'll chuck it on another sale soon anyway, because XCOM 2 is out later this year. Oh, yeah. Can't I'm looking forward to that. that. I can't wait. Is it, it's not coming out on Xbox One, though, is it? It will be surely. No, it's coming out on PC only. Really? Yeah, biggest sales for the though. I assume it'll come on console eventually. Yeah, but I don't like massive chalice as good as it is. Hmm. Mouse would be better. Yeah, it's better on the mouse. I find XCOM easy with a controller though. Really? I play it with a controller. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got really nice controls. Did you play me. XCOM Declassified? No, no, I played that. The bureau. Awful. They renamed the bureau, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. Right. I'm going to review a really quick one because I, I basically I couldn't think of four things to review, so I'm just going to pad it out with um, WWE Elimination Chamber, which was a pay-per-view they did. The Elimination Chamber is a fun event. It used to be a proper full-blown pay-per-view, yeah. but this was like they just did a thing on WWE Network, okay. which was a, it was a pay-per-view, but it wasn't on pay-per-view. It was only on the network. Um, and it was like right in the middle between two other pay-per-view events, so they just they built they basically had one pay-per-view event, yeah. spent two weeks building to the next one, yeah. Which was Elimination Chamber. Yeah. And we just had money in the bank. So. This sounds like you're telling me about your yeah. financial plan. Yeah. But <laughs> Elimination Chamber was quite a fun pay per view. It sort of built up and built up. Yeah. But it had the John Cena versus Kevin Owens match. And then Money in the Bank was last week, which I'm also going to mention now, is that was the rematch of Kevin Owens versus John Cena. Okay. Um, I like John Cena, so. That match was incredible. The Money in the Bank one. Both of them were. Like Kevin Owens, anyone who's any doubt about how friggin'. How, he's old now, isn't he? Kevin Owens. Yeah. He's well, he's new to WWE. He's only just come in, but he's like thirty-four. I oh, think okay. He's. I thought he was older than that. I thought he was yeah. like forty-two, forty-five. Like, he's just he's just old and fat. Yeah. No, he's just fat as always. But he's um, <laughs> he is like coming in straight away. They've put him over. They're clearly serious about pushing him to the moon. Um, he lost to John Cena this time. He won the first match. Yeah. He lost the second one. Okay. They're probably going to have a rubber match, as it were. Um, but he wants. He's been saying, "I want the US title now." Yeah. But um, the guys. The way he cuts promos is incredible. I've been watching him for years in Ring of Honor. Or like yeah. when he was Kevin Steen, it's his proper name, but now he's Kevin Owens because KO knockout. Oh, okay. clever! Second wrestler to have that gimmick in his name. Second. Yeah, because um, a few years ago there's another wrestler called Chris Hero who he decided his own name apparently, yeah. and he went with Cassius Ono. Ono oh, KO. Cassius. Oh, yeah, no. probably the worst name, and he picked it. That's pretty bad. Yeah, and then he left. But um, of course he did. The Elimination Chamber was a really cool pay-per-view. It had some crazy stunts going on. Nick's they the Elimination Chamber match have the ring around yeah. it is a giant cage that goes over like a Thunderdome. Yeah, and there's four oh, separate pods where wrestlers one enter. wrestler in each pod. One man. Leave. Yeah, <laughs> and every few minutes one of those pods open. That wrestler gets let into the match, okay. and it's elimination. So as soon as someone's pinned, they're out of the match. And the last one. How long do you have to be pinned for? Like standard ten seconds. Pins three seconds, three four, one, two, three. Oh, nice. But, um, I reckon I could pin someone. They had a tag team one where each of the pods had a tag team in it. Okay. So there was like 
six tag teams in the match. And one person would just hang on to the pod whilst the other one's wrestling. They'd have to get tagged. No, in. they're both in there. No, they don't get tagged. They're, they're in the so pod. Not, as soon they're as not tag in, teams. They're just teams. They just jump in. Yeah. But um, there was more than that though, because they had the twelve guys wrestling, but. One of the teams is actually three people, and they're, they've got they run what they call demolition rules, where they're allowed to any two members of the team are allowed to defend the title. Okay. But because of that, all three of them were allowed to be in the match. Yeah. And then they had uh, El Torito's a little midget dressed as a bull. Um, but during that match, they had a bit where one of the guys climbed all the way up to the top of the cage, upside down, hanging from underneath it, and then just drops from the top of the cage and lands on everyone. Really? Yeah. It's about a 15 foot drop. That bit looked really awkward, but then the little midget ball guy, El Torito, he yeah. went and did it, did it even better. Like, freaking, <laughs> he just charged up there and whoop, nice. onto it. Um, but that event was really cool. But the Money in Bank pay per view was the next one. Yeah. And that said, Kevin Owens rematch. But um, the main event, two guys who, like, a few years ago would never be in the main event Seth Rollins and Dean Seth Ambrose. Seth Rollins. Yeah, they're both really, really good. But they're the sort of guys who are like, you know, they're good, but WWE doesn't care because they're not like six not foot bankable. seven and they're yeah. not massive but they both held the main event had a ladder match it gradually got more and more brutal like yeah. really nasty brutal yeah. like um, power bombs onto concrete and stuff like that and being put through ladders and all yeah. this shit but that was a really good pay per view event both of them two in a row they've done some really good ones and it's probably going to go wrong now yeah who's your uh, who's your favourite wrestler currently currently in, uh, I'm really into Dean Ambrose right now because yeah. the dude reminds me of um, Stone Cold he's got that Chaos and craziness. He's got that mentalness. But um, speaking of Stone Cold, no one talks as good as Kevin Owens. I think. I think one of the best. Um, Speaking of Stone Cold, what's your favourite Stone Cold film? Stone Cold film. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually watched one apart from Expendables. He's barely in that. The first one. Yeah, he's in the first Expendables, isn't he? All right. Well, I only know. There's a joke about him beating, not being afraid to punch women, which I thought was hilarious. Oh yes, he beat Deborah. Yeah. Gary Daniels is in that as well. Gary, the motherfucking Daniels Wokins, from Wokins. Yeah, Wokins own Shout Gary out to my boy. Blah, blah. Yeah, Kenshiro in Fist of North Star. <laughs> he is, he's waiting for our call. Yeah. He's going to be in our film. Oh, he can play legend. you. Yeah, he can play me. Seth Rogen can play me. Yeah. They're going to, Gary they're Daniels going to and man. Seth Rogen. That Gary Daniels and Seth Rogen. Oh my God, Daniels and Rogen finally yeah. <laughs> together. <laughs> Um, my favourite Stone Cold Steve Austin film is The Condemned also oh, starring Vinnie Jones that was basically Battle Hunger Royale Games. Hunger Games yeah. yeah yeah I need to see that it's a great I've never film I've seen it it's not a great film it's <laughs> fucking awful it's pretty brutal though yeah. and somehow Vinnie Jones beats people up yeah I can't imagine that's going to really happen in real life his skin is probably so severely tender because he's had skin <laughs> cancer hasn't he <laughs> anyway. don't laugh at that shit man <laughs> that's harsh Oh, he was in Midnight. Was it Midnight Midnight Meat Train? He was in Midnight Meat Train. Which was directed by Ruhei Kitamura, wasn't it? Bradley Cooper was yeah. in that film. Was he? Blimey. Yeah, Bradley Cooper was the lead character. Was he? Yeah. I, do, I never watched it. Wasn't it a woman? I thought it was a woman in that film. No. Well, it was George, wasn't it? Melissa George is in that film. Yeah. She plays Bradley Cooper's miss, missus. But, oh. uh, and Bradley Cooper plays the main character investigating the Midnight Meat Train. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I need to watch it. Yeah, it has a really brutal I don't fight. watch enough films considering I have a film site. Your review. Ah, that's just that's just whiskey now. Um, my review is going to be number three for me is going to be um, stop stalling for time. Right, Down with that sort of thing. Um, Bayonetta for the Wii U. Oh yeah, the first one. Yeah, the first game. Hell's yeah. I'm gonna do them in two parts because I've got both of them. But I'm gonna do Bayonetta one this week, and then two weeks time I'll do Bayonetta two. Bayonetta is an amazing game. So uh, Bayonetta, or as I like to call it. Devil May She Cry. Mm, it's better than most of the Devil May Cry. Alright, shut up now. Let's face it. Um, so, 
So yeah, Bayonetta is an incredibly kinetic game involving hand-to-hand -hand and gun combat, much in the vein of Devil May Cry, thus the reference earlier. Um, it's the story of a witch who is revived... There's not a story in that game. ...or resurrected after a climactic battle over tumbling buildings in the first level. She is brought back to life and has to find out why, and also who killed her, and why, and also who resurrected her. I don't remember any of that. I just remember kicking loads of angels in the face. You have to beat angels up. That's that's going to happen a lot. Yeah. Her dress is her hair, and she looks fantastic. No, it's a really, really good game. It's incredibly kinetic. It's not a game that I played before for very long. I had it on the PS3, oh, and if you heard about bugger. the PS3 version... <laughs> It was rife with bugs. It was buggier than the fucking yeah, it Serengeti. It ran at like half the frame rate of the Xbox it version. It just didn't it work. It was like 15 frames per second in some sections. Yeah, it was horrible. The S Xbox version is so good. Smooth at 30 Such frames on the Xbox version. Si yeah, I think it hit 60. It, it doesn't like, hit 30, yeah. Well, the Wii one's 60, isn't it? Wii U. The Wii U one is 60 frames per second. Yeah. Which means it looks lovely and crisp, even in the most monumental It needs that. But the Xbox one's brilliant. Yeah, and, have Xbox you finished it yet? Good. No. Oh. I'm, are you have you okay? ever finished it? No. No. I'm going to tell you now, I am to the point I was at in the PS3 version. Keep playing. Which is three levels in. Keep playing. Yeah. I'm going to keep playing. Got to keep playing. Really? You're only three levels in? Have you done the Space Harrier section yet? No, no, yeah. Dude. So, uh... So I'll take over this review. Fucking no, you're not. No, because you haven't played on the Wii U. Don't start giving a <laughs> stupid opinion for the Xbox 360. No one cares! It's 2011. It's 2015 now. The future! I've actually finished it, though. Yeah, I'm going to complete it, and then you can borrow it on the Wii U. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, Bayonetta, it's, it's just a fucking incredible game. It's off the wall. Um, some of the stuff, like... Yeah, you're still in the part where you may think it's incredible, but the bit you're going to get to will make you think that better. bit was mediocre. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting the feeling of that. Um, one thing I will say about it is it has that very Japanese sense of humour that I get from a lot of Suda51 games. Yeah. It's a little bit perverted. You'll realise gradually as you're playing through the game that the storyline, like I say, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, no, the I game is I, literally mocking you for watching I get the, the cutscenes. I get gradually. the feeling that it doesn't matter. I should just skip the cutscenes because I do that. No, no, watch time. them because they're hilarious. They're not great. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, the game's uh, game's fairly interesting. Um, I give it. It's a very solid game, but I just can't shake that there is some sort of perverted subculture of humanity that I am not a member of and those jokes that hit for that people that group of people are always going to be missed by me. I love I love just what I do, but I don't advertise it to people. Like I have a girlfriend and what we do in the bedroom is fine, but I won't make a TV program about me sniffing a crutch for 40 minutes. You know what mm. I mean? It's just I don't need that advertising video games. It's not needed there. And it's not that it's not that I'm a prude, it's not that I don't I, I care about that, but when that is the joke for a seven-hour game, I just want to punch someone in the face. It Keep does the opposite of sexy. It gets violent for me. The, feel, the the game, the way it escalates, like you've never played a game that escalates the way Bayonetta does. Like I can assume bosses become regular bad guys. Yeah, and no, I, I mean, assume like, that was going to be the case because that's the same with Devil May Cry Four. I don't know if you played all the way through that, but that. I played through half of it and then went. You want me to do what? Yeah, you when did the same thing all over again. Yeah, um, but no, all in all, all, in all, it's a really good game. Runs in a great. 60 frames per second and uh, to be honest it kind of puts the Xbox One and the PS4 to shame yeah because unless you're playing a remake or a remaster you are never going to get that in, in HD 
Do you have and the costumes, the Nintendo the Lincoln, costumes? The yeah, Peach and stuff, yeah, you, you get them all. If you wear the um, Star Fox costume when you're playing the game, when you, you get, get to the, the flying bit, you play as the army. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. But um, if you don't use that, play as Bayonetta. Keep dying on any of the levels where it's like uh, there's a car level when you're going down on the street. I haven't died once yet, and I refuse yeah. to die you yet. Wi- you will. <laughs> I won't. You'll have a cut. There's a car level, normal. and it there's a level. It wouldn't let me go harder. Yeah, what you can when you get to hard. Like, hard is hard. The car level, and there's a level where you're like you're carrying a rocket launcher under your arm, and you're flying through the air shooting stuff. Yeah, which is better. Um, st- no, space harrier. Space harrier. Um, if you die, there's a random chance that the music will change to like the um, outrun music, magical sound shower, or outrun. the space harrier theme. That's pretty cool. It's the game's amazing. But um, but yeah, yeah, sixty frames per second. It's a very pretty game. I give it a very solid. What am I going to give this? I'm going to give it a Paul Giamatti. Mm. There's a certain level to class. Certain level of class to making video games to this high degree, um, but you just don't get enough of that class when it comes to the humour. Do you remember when Paul Giamatti was in Amazing Spider-Man Two? Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh. You get those little nuggets of shit in his fantastic career. American Splendor is one of my all-time favourite films. Yeah, great film. And then you get someone like Big Fat Liar with Frankie Munger, <laughs> Frankie Munger, I mean, and fucking what's that face? In, was he in Blank Check as well? Oh, who gives a shit? Blank Check's a classic. It's not classic, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. If you own a Wii U and you're looking for that stellar title that shows off the system, it's probably going to be Bayonetta 2, but Bayonetta 1 comes free of it if you spend an extra five over the normal version. Yeah, so they had it in um, game, but game still refused to drop the price on any Wii U game. So £25 I got it for. <sighs> I should buy it like that. Uh, get it on eBay. Forgetting they're selling Mario 3D World for 45 quid pre-owned in-game. Cunts. That game's been out a year and a half now. Cunts. Ugh. Anyway, you don't know Super Mario World. I got it from a game for a tenner. Well, on the Wii U, not the Super Mario. 3D no, 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 World. not 3D World. Super Mario Land. You got new Super Mario. Bros. Yeah, there you go. That's that it. One. You yeah. got that for a tenner. Yeah, because no one plays it. It's a great game. It's decent. Yeah, it's so good. But I'm just gonna get a Mario Maker and I'm just gonna make all the levels. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna spend my time doing that. No, sorry, I have a job. No, I, don't. I, have, I have a job. I don't need to. I have a job. I, 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 right. no, no, no. But yeah, no, I, call, I give Bayonetta a poor GMI. On the side note, I did play Arkham Origins on the Wii. I'm going to sneak in a quick review. Um, Arkham Origins, it feels like it it, uh, it hurts. <laughs> it's horrible. You haven't played through all of it yet, though, have you? No, I haven't. And there's, it has some really there's cool some nuances. Moments. There's yeah. some little bits that I'm going but to enjoy. But it constantly feels like it's not as good as Arkham City. Oh, my God. It feels like someone took Arkham City and said, I could do that, but they couldn't. Yeah, they tried their best. Yeah, it feels it. like they give this to a flipper person. <laughs> a flipper person, like the dolphin. No, someone whose mum fucked a p- like a pinball machine. They've oh. got flippers oh. and buttons on their side, so they can only type two keys at once. Okay, that's never heard of that. Okay, no, right. She was a pinball wizard. Oh, I give uh, Arkham Origins. I give that a Frankie Muniz. It's pretty low on my. No, actually, no. I. I oh, if you put, like, I feel bad. I give Frankie. And... I, I'd say Frankie Muniz is like my <laughs> middle of the road. I give it an Adam Sandler. No, oh. it's pretty fucking awful. It feels awful. Did you see that tweet Rose McGowan sent out yesterday? No, she said this is an actual note that I had on a script that I'm going to be reading. Um, I can't say who it was, but the name lines with Madam Panhandler, and the script the script said, uh, "Make sure you turn up wearing a tank top with lots of cleavage showing and black trousers, <laughs> and no other color other than black." God, I fucking trousers. hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. Arkham Origins is the equivalent of Adam Sandler. I'm going to complete the game, but I'm going to complete it out of spite. I'll probably be shitting blood in the bucket by the time I'm done with the game. But I've got to get it done by Tuesday, because what comes out on Tuesday? Arkham Knight. Way! Finally, Rocksteady, you're back at the helm. I can't that. wait. I cannot wait. 
And also, your theory of Markham Knight being a girl is still... I think it might be true. Yeah. Did you spot the E3 spoiler in the video? No. Um, you know, they showed at Sony conference, they showed the first-person nightmare mode yeah. thing. Um, when the guy sits at the table, on the right-hand side, there's a missing persons poster, and the guy looks exactly like the Joker. Oh, really? It's called something like Adam something. See, I'm thinking... You know you get Harley Quinn DLC at the beginning? Mm. I'm thinking it might be Harley Quinn in the Arkham Knight costume. That's what I was saying for ages... Like yeah, I, think that might be, I think that might be like you. You play Harley, Harley Quinn's like thing halfway through, and yeah. it's like here's your Harley Quinn sure, DLC. Mate, speaking of spoilers and my next review, yeah, um, my mate tweeted out back in December last year. Yeah. He guessed the ending of Jurassic World. <laughs> like, oh, don't speak, don't speak spoilers! Don't speak. I'm not going to spoil it. it. I haven't seen it. I'm but, looking forward to it so much. But Is I it thought, good? Just say if it's good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Loads of people hate it. What? Yeah. I think do you see um, what's his name Glinner um, freaking Graham Linehan yeah. he hates it really he's been like angry at I've heard film. mostly good things yeah. but I, I want to hear your opinion I don't want to hear see, spoilers I want to hear to your me opinion. I've seen some people comparing it to Michael Bay films and I'm like no because, it doesn't look like a Michael Bay no, film no because Michael Bay film. I think these are the people who don't get why Michael Bay films are bad yeah I think there are a lot of people like that they're like oh it's Michael Bay it's got to be shit I'm going to watch it I yeah. kind of enjoyed that I laughed no, they a don't, couple of times they're it's like, like no. they say it's shit because everyone else says it's shit yeah it is. they don't actually know why those films are shit because the thing is those ladies and gentlemen are the critics you pay to read the yeah. content of at no point in Jurassic World was there a horrible gay stereotype, was there racist oh. crap going on? Have you just spilt whiskey all over my floor? <laughs> a little bit on my hand, but not on mm. the floor. Um, there was oh, no... A little bit on the floor. The film had a plot that progressed at a logical pace and had an ending that was at the right point. It didn't have five endings in a row. It didn't go for three hours. Oh, yeah? Um, it didn't have shots where it was just... Two hours like, long, isn't it? Yeah, two hours long. Just probably dead on I think Yeah. Um, it didn't have any moments where there was a woman stood there just so the camera could like s- try and sneak up a rectum I've seen one shot where I thought that's what was happening what there's a shot where there's a gate opening and she's got a flare oh that's just to build up to tension for what is coming that's right oh, in really? the finale oh really okay, okay. Um, you Shh. can see the flare so you you can guess what's coming no I can't don't say stuff right. like that because I've completely I've turned my mind off so, to connecting those things I've you know just... how you know how like the Terminator Genesis trailers yeah are nothing but references to the other films. Yeah. Where it's like, do you remember that bit? Where yeah. it's like, get out and come with me if you want to live yeah, and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah. Come um, with me if you want Jurassic to live. Jurassic World shows you how to reference a previous film constantly. And I mean constantly, it's referencing yeah. the, um, Jurassic Park 1. But in really smart, simple, subtle ways. Um, there's one sequence halfway through. It's not. In, I don't know if it's in the trailers or not. Um, guys looking, for, they found this, the sense the tracking device that the is inside the Indominus Rex yeah. that's been cut out and when he's looking at it a blood drip lands on his arm and it drips one way and then another drip lands on his arm and goes a different way oh yeah yeah that's beautiful that's a lovely reference that's an excellent reference yeah. um, there is direct references to Jurassic Park but I won't spoil them because yeah. they're really cool um, I've seen I've seen a picture of uh, Jake Johnson in the Jurassic Park t-shirt Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that's what he's wearing right at the start. He's there and he's got dinosaurs all on his desk and oh, stuff. Nice. And he says, he's basically um, the me. Your desk looks world. like chaos. And he goes, I prefer to think this is a perfect working environment and <laughs> this is how the world is meant to be. That's a great chaos reference. Theory. And he's that's got a nice. book of Ian Malcolm's books on his oh, table. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Um, but it is just littered with these tiny little touches here and there. Do they reference the second or the third one at any point. There's one amazing reference for the third one, but it would be spoilers to. Really. Oh. It is like the perfect. Fuck you, Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. I think what they should have done to reference the third film was have a Velociraptor talk. 
and say, Alan. <laughs> that was perfect timing. That, that was great. That scene pisses me off. Uh, okay. Do you know what the worst thing about that is? That's uh, Joe Johnson, isn't it? Yeah. Joe Johnson, who directed Captain America, the yeah. first one, one of my and favorite And the Rocketeer. One of the, the best Rocketeers superhero films ever. The Mummy. He yeah. made The Mummy. He didn't do The Mummy. He did. No, Joe that's... What's his face? The guy did G.I. Joe um, Rise of Cobra. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. Yeah. What's his face? Him. Um, oh fuck! Who was it that did? What did Joe Johnson do that was like that? It was. I can't remember. I might have done uh, Deep uh, Deep Rising. <laughs> Probably. With Treat Williams. But, um, That's a great movie. I really enjoyed. Recently? No. <laughs> I really enjoyed Jurassic World. It was stupid. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it's one of the things where you turn your brain off, but sometimes it's fun to enjoy stupid. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. I Do enjoy you know when same... stupid's innocent as opposed to stupid being sinister? Yeah. 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 It's it's simple, fun, enjoyable. Characters do stupid things, mm. but you watch horror movies all the time. Scream is oh, yeah. a Scream is a great horror film and it is a catalogue of really dumb events. Yeah. That's you need an idiot plot sometimes to make a story flow. It doesn't matter. Like one person was moaning, there's a gyrosphere thing the kids in, oh, yeah. and they go off track, and there's no way, for some reason, the park doesn't have a system to override them and bring them back. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't matter. What matters is, is that they go off track because the older brother's trying to please his little brother yeah. who loves dinosaurs. His brother represents the sort of people who are bored of dinosaurs now because they've been around for twenty like, years. Is he like the? Is it? Is it Ian Hammond or who is the? Who is the Richard Hammond? Uh, who, who was the guy that Richard Attenborough played in the first? No, Daniel Attenborough. Yeah, Richard Ham- yeah, Hammond. Yeah, yeah. Richard Hammond. Yeah. Is he like? They're like the Richard Hammond. Then they're the duality of his whimsy, but also his business savvy. Well, like his. Giving they're kind people of representing. Because the film is a commentary on the film industry. Yeah, that's one thing that's amazing. Because like from all the trailers, the way that I've seen it is that. The kids are Richard Hammond. Richard Hammond's dead because yeah. in real life he's dead. Well, there's the guy who's um, in charge of Inter Ingen is very much a Richard Hammond type. He's very much he's in love with the idea of dinosaurs and okay. he's not motivated by profit. He's motivated by the idea of wowing people and he's yeah. kind of really concerned about the Indominus Rex thing they've built. Yeah, and they were like, "Well, there was two of them. Where is the other one? It at it." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the kids. Like, I get that. I do get that feeling because if you watch, yeah. I don't know. Have you watched Jurassic Park recently? Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I watched a couple it. Couple of years yeah. ago, um, I watched it's it. Still great film. Watched well, it like two weeks ago because mm. um, I was me and my girlfriend planned to go see it in the IMAX Jurassic World days. Mm. Um, and so I watched it two weeks ago, and there are so many lines where Ian Malcolm is like, is like, oh, but I wanted to make people happy, or like. The whole idea Hammond. of the ride, Richard Hammond. Yeah, the whole idea. Yeah, um, the whole idea of the ride, where he's like talking to himself. It's like, is that going to be you when you do he's this just ride? Fun, <laughs> yeah. Or is it? Is it going to be someone playing you? Or is yeah. it? What are you going to do? Because this is a great idea. This is lovely, but you haven't thought about the logistics of this. <laughs> and like the cars. Every showing. <laughs> yeah, the cars with like the fucking massive X-ray, like the fucking night vision goggles, like. It's like they're probably pretty expensive, yeah. and you're just putting these in the cars, and then it's like they open up a thing, and it's full of passes for the park. Yeah, and it's like you've just given people the ability to steal all this shit. Why are you doing this? This is almost a functional park. They get VIP passes. Well, these the VIP do. passes in a box in a car that is made to be run without any attendance. <laughs> you've given people free reign with this expensive shit, and it's just it's his mind is like is like look what I've done for these people. I just want people to enjoy it. He's a bit more sinister in the book. He's a bit he more of a, a bad guy. In the yeah, book. He, he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like in the coupon day thing, like you've got the lawyer represents corporate uh, America, and then you've got Gennaro, you've got yeah. you've got Richard Hammond's like the Richard Hammond's like we could have. I will say one come. thing. I remember all the names of the people in Jurassic Park, but I don't remember the names of the characters in Jurassic World. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I, um, don't, I, I assume that was going to be the case yeah. because 
you know, Jurassic. They're Jurassic more archetypes in Jurassic Park in Jurassic World. They're more just simple archetype characters. But um, I was saying about the page, the fact it's film. the fact it's a reference of cinema. It's a yeah. talk and blockbuster cinema. It's um, the idea is that dinosaurs aren't wow enough, so they had to create a bigger, bit badder dinosaur. Yeah. Um, you know, and this whole idea that like kids aren't really that excited by dinosaurs because they've grown up with them being a thing that just exists in the world. Yeah, they've seen them on TV. Yeah. They've seen them on YouTube, so fuck it. It's okay. like when I was a kid, you wouldn't get a chance to see animals anywhere. If you went to the zoo, you might see an elephant, and that's pretty amazing stuff. But nowadays, like you know, it's much easier for kids to go around the world. They can go on safari and all this sort of oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, it's, it's weird. There's yeah. a separation between... Like, Jurassic Park is probably my perfect film. Hmm. I could watch that at any point in my life, and I will still have that So. I always, like, it seems really sad. There's always that, that hair rising on the back of my neck as I hear that music, and yeah. they go through the gates, and in my head, yeah, I would love to... And, they and go you through think the gates in the film. You'd want to be there. <laughs> yeah. That's where you want to be. But, like, when I see trailers for Jurassic World, and they've got the gate, and it goes out, and there's this massive water thing, and there's a whale-sized monster. Yeah. I see that, and I'm like, that scares me. That's not somewhere I'd want to be. <laughs> but there are so many people that can see... Like I can imagine that. Well, I'd want to go there. Yeah, dinosaurs are fucking. I want to ride a raptor. <laughs> yeah, that that probably not a real one though, because real raptors are like, vicious monsters. Four foot tall. Yeah, and, if and that, they're about that big. They're tiny. They can probably still <laughs> kill us pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, but now when I see that trailer and you go through it, it's a, I'm almost twinged with horror. And I think it's just the generational gap. Because I think it's like because you watched Jurassic Park and you knew what an un, not fully operational park and how much went wrong. Yeah. And now you've got all those people there and they're running it and they're just like completely oblivious to the fact that all it takes is one little thing to go wrong. Yeah, one tiny. Instance. And they make a mistake. Uh, they make a pretty stupid mistake and by, by making two dinosaurs fuck. <laughs> <laughs> by opening a bloody door. See, that's the problem. They put they put some uh, Will Smith Big Willy <laughs> style on. And uh, they put two dinosaurs in a cage. It makes an even deadlier dinosaur. <laughs> and he's going to hate Will Smith. And that's the only way you can stop a dinosaur. Not many people know this, but dinosaurs are seduced by Will Smith. You can stop them if you just play Will Smith music. The, it's been cut from the trailer, but I assume at the point where he's like, no, don't come here. And he's telling the dinosaurs, like, he training He starts playing them. Summertime. He starts playing Summertime. Yeah. That's, I knew it, you know. Yeah. Like, in yeah. my head, I was like, <laughs> I, if I know any dinosaur facts, it's that uh, Big Willie. I'll tell you Will one Smith. thing I um, quite liked on it that I found funny was um, some people moaned about product placement in it, but I'm like, one thing I quite like is that it's a theme park. Yeah. There's going to be product placement. Oh, yeah. But Starbucks on every corner. What I thought like was quite brilliant was that if you look at what shops are in the in the street, there's yeah. a Margaritaville. Oh, right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, old What's-His-Face is in there. Jimmy Buffett, Jimmy Buffett is there singing. Nightly. Yeah, apparently he's there. I didn't spot him, but apparently he's there. Oh, um, really? Yeah. That's incredible. But the shops that are there are quite blatantly, they just went, who wants to give us money to be in Jurassic World? There's a Pandora, you know the jewellery stuff? Oh, yeah. There's yeah. one of them, it gets trashed. Like, I bet you they sell dinosaur bone charms, but they only oh, sell them there. <laughs> I want a little Jurassic Park necklace. <laughs> I want well, a raptor like, claw. Is there... This this is a weird question because I'm, I'm guessing they don't show you the dynamics of how the island works. But is there? Oh, like... they show you loads of how what's going on. Oh, really? There. Yeah, they have got the control room thing. They have got is all the like different 25- rides. You see, is it like twenty five percent park and then you've got like seventy five percent? There's like living it's like quarters. The whole areas. southern half of it is the park. The yeah. top half is where they've got like um, the Indominus is up in the very top half, right, right in the very far away part. That's okay. where they're breeding the dinosaurs and all that before they move them. So down. where do people live? Is the question? Uh, there's hotels and stuff. There's like a massive, great big complex in the middle, which I assume is the hotel. There must be like a commercial complex as well. Mm. I wonder what the crime rate is on Jurassic Island. <laughs> it's very busy there. Yeah, so I wonder, yeah. like, do you think there's a lot of people that mug people there? Probably. Do you think there's a police force? Is there a privatized police force? Or is there just police like raptors. A... <laughs> 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 I 
He's like, oh shit, no. Yeah, it's just someone's about to steal something. The yeah. raptor just sort of crops its head up from behind the table. You just like you, you go to put it and back, and he's looking at it, yeah. and then he realizes there's another one the other side. <laughs> yeah, like, you go to put it back, girl. and say like, "Clever girls." <laughs> like, all right, they carry on. They spared no expense, though. Yeah, it's very flashy. But I like I like the fact that you know you yeah. saying there's like 25 percent of this, and there's a little bit of this up there, and yeah, you it, see the map of the park all yeah. the time. That sounds it sounds right. like it's like well falls out. I yeah. I didn't expect much else from uh, Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, he did um, safety not guaranteed. He did. Didn't he? I really yeah. like that film. I, it's yeah. not just because I have a crush on Aubrey Plaza. It's because yeah. I like the films very. But good. I'd say Jurassic World. If you enjoy GI Joe Retaliation, I think you're at exactly the right level to enjoy Jurassic World. Would you say that's the only audience? Because I feel well, like if you're, a it's fan people of... who understand the difference between a film that's terrible and dumb and a film that's dumb but brilliant, like just dumb and enjoyable. The one where it's not because sp- to me the divide is is the film spiteful and hateful in yeah. any way, yeah. and GI Joe Retaliation, Jurassic World aren't like friggin' Michael Bay and Adam Sandler films are. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. There's always like and I don't. It doesn't. The problem is I can usually tell from a trailer what a film's going to be like. Like, I knew Mission Impossible 4 was going to be, like, pretty empty. Like, in terms yeah, of... I quite like that. It's a good film, but it's but, very yeah. just, like, bland. Their it's film's like, made because Tom Cruise wants to make a Mission Impossible oh, yeah. film. Yeah. Same and, with the new one. Like, and what I get from this is, like, from the trailer itself, like, there's not much colour saturation, which I like. So many films are blue yeah. now. There's hardly any of it set at night. Literally, there's only one section set at night. The whole mm. thing's set over one day, all day, like, blue skies, like... Don't Couple. spoil it for me, but I'm going to let you know that I may cry in the cinema. I, when I was very small, I went to go see Harry and the Hendersons. I've also seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. God. And in both instances, Harry had to go home, booed it. I was only seven, but I booed it. And then fucking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Again, seven, anti-dying. If any of those raptors die trying to save Chris Pratt, I'm going to shed a tear. think you went to see a Brian Yusner film in the cinema at the age of seven. <laughs> What? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, written by Brian Yusner. Shit, so it was. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, only a year later, I was watching The Fly by David Cronenberg. So well, that's one of my favourite films when I was a kid. It was, it was. My parents didn't stop me watching anything. It's still one of my favourite films. I don't know if you've seen the Blu-ray transfer, but that thing nah. is loving. I've not watched it for a long time. Oh, fuck. We've got to have a night where we watch The Fly. Maybe. And then we can watch The Fly too. That I've is a Brian Yusner film, isn't it? No. Didn't he write The Fly uh, too? He might have been involved in it. Yeah, I think he I wrote it. directed it. He didn't direct it. No. No way. Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Eric Stoltz, man. McFly! Anyway, um, your next words. Um, oh, I was going to ask a question. Before we... Sorry to interrupt the podcast again, anyone who is listening. Um, no one's got this far. How would you rate the four Jurassic Park films This so is the far? second best Jurassic Park film. So I'm guessing Easily. one. One, two, four. massive great big gap. Jurassic Park 3, then Lost World. Lost you World reckon is... Lost World's the worst? Yeah. Easily. Because oh. I... Jurassic Park 3 had the decency to end in 90 minutes. That's true. Yeah, and it was it knew it was just a big dumb adventure film, but it was still just shit. There are so Absolute many scenes shit. from The Lost World that I cannot get out of my head that I thought were great. I only have one scene I like in that when the truck's hanging off the edge of the cliff and Julia Moore's on the glass and it's cracking. That is really tense. I actually, that's actually a really. That's probably the best scene in the that's whole film. The most, but that's one of the most Spielbergian. The scenes. build up to that bit is don't interfere with the dinosaurs. Here's a baby T Rex. Let's bring it back to the hut. And Jeff then the T Rex was is, like, no, don't do this. Yeah, the this whole is film stupid. is Jeff Goldman going, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. Yeah. No, you're going. Hammond fucking blackmails him into going yeah. to the island. He's like, oh, I know where you're from. Like, if but that I was the like, book, it would I fit. Like but... that film. I do like that film. My problem is that there's the scene. There, there are two scenes that, for me, define that film that just you won't find anywhere else, hmm. and they are Spielberg scenes lost in a sea of what I assume was outside influence. They were like, "Oh, you've got to call back to this, you've got to call back to this." Um, the first scene is where they're running through the gla- grass, 
and there's a clear path that's been cut out by by stuff walking through it. And then from the edges of the grass, you oh, can yeah, see yeah. those things moving, which then leads and to a Benny Hill runaround moment. And no, then no, a girl no, gymnastic. No. You remember it being a Benny Hill moment, but if you watch them running through that grass, it's the same tension you get from the first film hmm. and those guys running through the woods. It is incredible because you can see the lines coming in and people are getting picked off, and the way that the raptors go as well, and the sound, it's perfectly sound mixed. But that thing leads up to. Um, Ian Malcolm running around dodging a, a raptor yeah. and then a girl doing gymnastics to kill a I raptor. hate that scene but I then then to counteract that a you 12 year old girl has the highest kill count on raptors in the <laughs> series <laughs> but then it cuts to and this is great it cuts to that scene I hate Vince Vaughn but in this one scene where he's at the top of the stairs and he's like they're here you know that he's had his own journey because from nowhere he's got a fucking gun yeah. And like in the background, there's a helicopter coming down in the middle of the night with a searchlight coming down, and they're running towards it. And there's that sense of fear, like there's a nice sense of rushed, you know. And it's it's a well shot scene, but I I understand no it one likes the Lost World. Film. I love the Lost World <laughs> because I'm such a massive Jeff Goldblum fan. I will literally I will literally watch him shit on a camera for an hour. Who do and a that? Half. If you're for money. I want to hug him. Yeah. Do you think you'll hug me if I give him money? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to pet him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my thing, uh, my last review this week is going to be Download 2015. Woo! Yeah! Festival time, people. I've just come back from a three-day festival which lasted five days because I paid extra money to sleep in a field because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, every year I ask myself why do I go I'm pretty sure I used that same line in the last review I had for download 2014 but I do ask myself why am I here why am I going look at these jobless idiots I'm in a field with Um, but every year I forget about that almost immediately stepping through the gates as soon as I've got my tent set my tent set up and I have alcohol in my blood I am ready to party and you will find no better people in the world to party with than you will at download there is a great sense of camaraderie there is a bunch of teenagers no no there is a great sense of camaraderie. There's a great sense of people and kinship. You all get on. If I was to ask the person two tents over if they were having a good time, they'd give me a 15-minute conversation that you could never have in the real world. There's just no sense of that kinship unless you go to a club, and a club is a horrible, dingy place with a sticky floor. In download, it's a horrible, dingy place with loads of mud, and it's massive. Mm. Um, I got to see some bands that I wouldn't normally pay money to see, especially Muse, who cost £115 for a ticket normally. Or something stupid like that. Muse are possibly the most overrated band playing stadiums today. I would have said the exact same thing until I saw them live for two hours. They're really good live. Because they've got a good set list of songs they can play. Incredible. I didn't stop moshing, dancing, or flailing my limbs. (laughs) Yeah. It was bright. It, like even Supermassive Black Hole, which is a game, which is a song, sorry, that I vehemently hate. Did they throw the big inflated Twilight. balls out into the audience? No, oh. but it was it, actually they might have done. Um, but it was great. You're and then Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, that's incredible uh, live. That song, fucking I Ghost was, Rider. No, when I was playing, um, fucking. Guitar Hero, one of them. Oh that yeah, song was in the game, and I was determined to beat that song on yeah. expert. And when he gets to the and goes on forever. Hand cramps, man. Hand cramps. Saw saw them live. Saw Kiss. I saw Slipknot for the first time. Yeah, Kiss were great live. Yeah, of course. Two hours of Kiss. Fucking incredible. They may not have amazing songs. Like sometimes no, some, some of their songs great. may be terrible. Some of the great Love Gun was incredible. Some of, some covers of their songs are generally better than their own songs. They didn't play Beth. Oh, did they Which play um, God Gave Rock and Roll to you? Yeah. Still my favourite, it's a cover. Um, no, wait, no, actually, no. They played it as we were leaving. <laughs> did they play, um... they played on the stereo as we were leaving the camp. 
Um, but um, I want to have like a concert where Kiss are supporting Spinal Tap. That'd, that'd be, be incredible. Um, but the there, was a, there was a bit where this ring came down, and uh, Paul Stanley got up on the ring, and he was up on this plinth, yeah. like halfway into the crowd, like twenty-five foot in the air, playing guitar on a plinth nice. for everyone. It was really cool. It's Peter Crystal in the band. I don't know. No one likes. But he's one of the cat whiskers. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a bassist. No, no one he's a to be Peter he's a, he's a drummer, rhythm guitarist, isn't he? Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, no. It's been a long time care. since I. Uh, but to the whole festival was great, and the real reason to go to download, the real reason you pay two hundred fifteen pound is because the people. Fuck worrying about two hundred fifteen pound. Yeah, <laughs> it was my mum's fun money. Oh, um, but uh, but no, I had a great month. time to all the people I went with at Camp Disgrace that camped in Camp Lona this year. We couldn't find a space that was like big enough for all of our tents. We had yeah. quite a few people. It was about 20 people together. Um, we could not find a space for all of our tents. So we found a camp that's meant to be for people that go on their own to download. Yeah. And just took the fucking corner out of the thing. We just camped there. Um, made friends with a new guy named Chris that will probably never hear this, but he was a fantastic Jenny. had a really good time. Met some new people. But all, all together, all of us in that environment... You cannot find a better time. Even if you don't like most of the bands. I saw fucking A and yeah. Andrew WK. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking, did you jump up on stage? I fucking didn't, but I danced my heart. No, when you go to see an Andrew WK concert, you are allowed to go on stage. It's amazing. Um, he invites but, you to. Um, I saw Five Finger Death Punch. They're oh. really good live. <laughs> um, that's the third time I've seen Five Finger Death Punch, and I loved it. Slipknot were meh. But yeah. I'm just not a fan of Slipknot anymore. Slipknot I used to like, be, but then they became Stone Sour pretending to be Slipknot. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the third Slipknot album, but it is. Oh, um, but the thing that only bugs me without Volume 3, the Subliminal Verses. Yeah, that's it. Um, the thing that bugs me with that album is they spent years saying that Stone Sour exists so I can do songs that I can't do with Slipknot, but that track album has a whole like, bunch of yeah. slow. Track things. 10 was just a Stone Sour song. I will, I think Volume 3 is their best album, though, because it's an incredible. I was the best album. I, no, I hate that album. I love that album. Because that's the thing that bugs me. They um, they started out being controversial because it got them sales, and then they turned into a more cohesive band. That's the thing. Iowa bugs me because it was like... All the songs were about three and a half minutes long. And, and it was a great album. But anyway, no, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's a different opinion. And at Download, you're allowed to have that opinion, and people will dance with you regardless. Motley Crue were there. Got to see Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Motley Crue were great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I had a really good time. And again, it's it's not the bands. I mean, I I could see three of those bands. The Lincoln this... Park there this year. No, fuck no. Um, I could see three of those bands. I saw Billy Idol again, and it was incredible. He's great. He's seven hundred years old now. He is, but he takes his top off, and you're like, you, you see some women swoon. Mm. I almost had a bit of the vapors. Then... I, had to, I had to blow my hands. To... <laughs> Case of the vapors. Got the vapors coming off. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I fucking love the people there. To anyone who does know me. Um, you probably remember me from my fucking irritating voice um, thank you for making it another great year again um, I look at the lineup and I question with every fibre of my being why I'm paying £215 to spend time listening to 90 bands I probably wouldn't give the time of day on a normal time, a normal day um, but when I'm with you guys I would listen to shit through Whitney Houston's dead anus and still probably be happy to do it because I'm getting drunk with a bunch of champs I don't think they'd put that on stage Say that Michael Jackson's hologram coming next yeah. year. Do you know who's seen Michael Jackson live? Who? Me. What? I went to a Michael Jackson concert. What? Yeah. Tell me about this, guys. This is story time now, so we're gonna put the reviews on hold for a second. Oh, by the way, I'll give download to Tom Atkins. If you can go, go. If you want someone to camp with, tweet, uh, tweet me at. You need Cinema to go Gen- to Roskilde Festival in 
Germany. Yeah, yeah, Rock that's AM the, and stuff like that. That's much better. Yeah, but um, <laughs> if you do fancy going to download, it's your first time and you're of age, then come and count with me and we'll hang out and have a good time, drink some drinks and such. No, I'm going to follow up with doing... Um, no, you're going to talk about Michael Jackson the gig I'll, you went to. Stop, I'll get stop. to that because... No, get to it now. Uh, I am waiting for this story now. I'm one of the few living people in the world who have seen Michael Jackson live. One of the few. Yeah. <laughs> he played quite a few gigs. Yeah. Well, no, well, this is the weird thing with Michael Jackson. When you think about it, he did stadium concerts, but he did stadium concerts like every couple of every few years. Yeah. And that was it. There was yeah. no small gigs, no secret parties, no secret concerts, no live performances Except on TV. Macaulay very Culkin. rarely. Yes. And the microphone was. He had a, a special bit... performance from Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, the microphone was red on the tip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sing into it, trust me. Just get your just lips on your lips right on it, and then just make some noises. That's just mic lube. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's just talent coming out. <laughs> that's just all my that's talent. Just magic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I went to the Michael Jackson History Tour concert at Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium. Yeah. What was the one that got knocked down? Uh, stadium. stadium. Yeah, the big one. Um, it was huge, massive. Years ago, I can't remember who the supporting act was because it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. The no. point out was Michael Jackson's bollocks for all anyone. But um, it was a really good concert. If you've ever seen the Dangerous concert one, which was put on TV years ago, and it's considered a bit legendary, I think I have practically the same concert. Oh, really? Um, some of the set pieces were different, but practically the same set list. Even when we're going to play some of the old songs the old-fashioned way, and they did a bunch of Jackson Five songs. Oh no way! Yeah, which is one of my favorite parts. That's incredible. Just doing all the like things. You can't sing as well. Should I tell you a really offensive story, potentially offensive story involving Michael Jackson? Did you get bumped by Michael Jackson? When I was working at HMV and Michael Jackson had just died, there was a woman in, she's got an adult son who's like got mental handicap, he's like like the mind of a child type person. So basically me. Yeah. And he was saying about how, we got talking about Michael Jackson, because I think she was buying a Michael Jackson CD or something, and he was like, we're going to see Michael Jackson soon, and she was like, no, well, we're not, because he's died, hasn't he? Yeah, he's going to concert in November. He says, no, 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 he died, didn't he? Oh, maybe next year then. <laughs> you dark fuck. Yeah, that's... Did you not... What? I was serving him, I was just like... What did you say? I couldn't... Uh, you couldn't leave it at that. I had to start you don't have to dash his dreams. No. He'll heal with time, but he no. will never heal if you lie no, to I him. No, I did I just waited and I was like, where's Peachy? I need to tell someone immediately. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. That's horrible. I know. And you can't... I, You're I was going like, to hell. I can't laugh. You do realise that if hell exists, there's a hot seat waiting for you. Yeah. It wasn't me. It was him. But no, anyway. it wasn't him. He lives in a whimsical world of immortal <laughs> pop stars, and you haven't broken that sheath for him. You haven't opened the world for him. I didn't want to. It wasn't my place to oh, ruin his dreams. God, his, his mum straight his away life. told him he was dead. Um, Shit. Anyway, my last review. I've got to find a deity review. to praise. Just um, in the same room as you condemn me to hell. I went to see Amanda Palmer in concert finally, Woo! which has been one of my things I've wanted to do for about 15 years. Ever Whenever since you I... say Amanda Palmer, I think of Pulp yeah. Fiction and the wrong person. Because I'm a big fan of Amanda Palmer. All got... right, don't get a physical prop when we're on a podcast. I've got the Dresden Dolls albums, man. I've got the first Dresden Dolls album before they signed to Roadrunner Records, but it's on the original label. It means absolutely nothing to me. It means I brought it in the first <laughs> month it came out. <laughs> and get sassy. But um, <laughs> she's like heavily pregnant now. Currently, sadly, in Boston, um, looking after her dying friend. He's going to die soon. He's really, really there on the stage. Is he's, that her boyfriend? He's called Anthony. No, she's married to Neil Gaiman. They're oh, both, so she is. You tell me But they both ran, rushed to Boston the other day. But it's kind of surreal that like... Just over a week ago, I'm at Union Chapel in London, which is an actual chapel. 
I like, think I've been there for a, for a Jameson's event. Yeah, I'll chuck the po- I'll chuck photos I took up on the show on here. They've got um, really painful seats. They're pews, aren't they? Well, it's a it's a church. It's yeah. a fucking church. Um, Were you on the top floor or the bottom floor? I was on the bottom. I was literally three rows back. Like, That's incredible because they've yeah. got they've got. Um, excuse me if I've got this wrong, but they've got two pews next to each other. There's no pathway through them, but they've got two pews. Two... They've got sets at the side that curve round. Yeah, and then the one rows in the middle. I was on the left hand side near, and then right you've near got the front. The two paths that lead forward, yeah, and then the overhead balcony ones. Yeah, but um, did you get like a seat? Did you have to pay for a seat? And they had like, or was it just you pay no, for you a seat wherever you, you want? Wherever you want. Yeah. But um, when she was there, she was talking about her friend who's got cancer, and at the time they didn't know that he was like so close. Oh. So they were talking about the things that happened. Because um, technically, this concert was part of her book tour yeah. for her book, The Art of Asking. But quite brilliantly, she only read one part from the book. She let a member of the audience come up and pick a page, and she openly went, "Oh shit!" It's one of the really depressing stories. <laughs> um, but um, I sort of read one review. I think it was the Guardian or something. Where they moaned that she kept shilling stuff, but she lives off a Patreon account now. Yeah. That's how she makes it. People pay to the Patreon and then she puts her music out for free for everyone. Yeah. Um, that's how it works. So she was just basically going Patreon thing. But there's literally only two points where she mentioned... Like, one point was her talking about a book because it was a book tour. Yeah. And the other point was mentioning that you can buy the T-shirt and I've got a Patreon. That was, was it. it. Was it only two for you or would it be only two for people that hadn't... No, that's, that's all it was. That's the only time she mentioned all that stuff so I don't I know what I, that review was going on about I have been to gigs where I've been like oh they never spoke about this or that and then someone's turned to me and gone oh they did speak about that you were just you know no, completely... I, I'd pay 100% attention oh, really? I was madly in love with people sometimes when I look up on stage I'm just like hello mm. but, um, sometimes this, I scream hello lovely this concert had a bit of a vaudevillian brilliance to it yeah um, the supporting act is one of the few times like I mentioned Michael Jackson I can't remember the name of the supporting act this band were called Perhaps Contraption and they were friggin amazing um, it's a group of about seven people all playing brass instruments, playing very sort of sort of scar festival y dancey music on instruments, like lots of songs about science and molecules and not having a cousin or a grandpa. Um getting everyone to shout, Grandma! I ain't got no cousin, no brother, no cousin, no girlfriend, grandma like that. Um they were really good. Like there's had glock and spills and flutes and Big old tubers and sousaphones. Yeah, it's also fun. There's one song where they're like, "Okay, everyone, get ready," because this song's going to start with the most irritating noises you can imagine. It's going to be a, a solo of a glockenspiel and a flute at the same time, and they get everyone going. So it goes three, two, one. Everyone's about to jump. They go like that. Everyone in the back, just all the rest of the band, just stood there freeze frame for a second. I love it. That's awesome. But they were excellent, and they also played the horn parts on Leeds United towards the end of the show when Man Palmer played that song. She's got a song called Leeds United. Okay. Um, but I spotted them crawling up to the top balcony. I yeah. spotted them going around and just like dun, 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 dun. And there's about a 20 second gap between the end of that first horn part and the start of the final horn part. Yeah. And they must have bolted down the stairs and no, came back out there. and jumped onto stage, um, running up and down the aisles, playing the music while they're going. <laughs> um, it was a really good concert. Um, the stand up act who was warming up at the start, before after the perhaps contraption had played, they had a stand up act come up. He's a um, transvestite guy, very Eddie Izzard esque. I can't nice. remember his name, Andrew something. Um, he was really good. He was lots of weird, off kilter, Eddie Izzard style humour. Um, did that amazing joke, wasn't it? It was a, it was a joke that was about um, Roman era to Ronnie sketch. I only, like, know, I only know one joke by Eddie Izzard, which I would tell her. No, no, this one is... Well, I'm saying his joke. Oh. Yeah. It's Roman era is the Eddie Izzard sketch where he goes, I would like IV fork handles, please. And he's like, okay, here you go. Thank you. Bye. Because it's not four candles. It's old IV candles. Yeah, so... Anyway, <laughs> Eddie Izzard joke. He's got one joke. He goes, hmm, yeah. No, hmm. he doesn't. No, yeah. no, no. 
I like my women like I like my coffee in a paper cup. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of dark when you've watched the new series of Hannibal. But, yeah. but um, they also, halfway through the show, she had an intermission bit. Um, during the show, the comedian guy was just sat on the stage watching the concert, drinking his beers, <laughs> and she goes over and joins him. But they had this intermission with this guy who's... I don't know what his name was. It was something like he kind of something very similar to Titus Andronicus from Kimmy Schmidt. Um, it's a big black gay dude with lots of eyeliner, wearing tights and a big sort of like Shakespearean top. Nice. And he started doing a monologue about how like, out in the club and you're really excited, and then you're about to leave because it's all got a bit boring. Just as you're leaving, your song comes on, and it starts playing. I want to dance with somebody. Go, I want to dance with some. And he's singing along and dancing with it. He's miming to it, and then nice. he goes, and eventually you realise what the lyrics are. And he doesn't want to be heat with somebody, and he starts getting sadder and sadder. Yeah, he wants to be because he's on his own. I want to feel the heat with somebody, <laughs> but he's just getting sadder and sadder because he's, he's the only one dancing Aww. on his own. And then he just started singing this really sad version of the song, <laughs> like the music fades out, and he had to go on piano, who sung a sad version of the song. It's really good. Um, but the concert was just ridiculous. The church was a perfect setting. Uh, Amanda Palmer sung two songs about abortion whilst being six months pregnant nice. in a church. Um, all the lights go red when she's singing <laughs> Oasis. She did, um, oh, what's that Ben Fold song? Ben Fold's Five. Uh, yeah, Numb. What was it called? Really old one. Early wait, 90s. The Natalie and Brudio one? No, <laughs> that's Torn. Oh, great song. <laughs> no. I'm a lot of things. But she did, she did a cover this of that. She did a cover of um, Garfunkel. Uh, no. No, of numb. The, oh. Is it numb? I'm sure it's numb. The Ben Fold Fight song. This is how I feel. Um, I'm cold. Her and her, afraid. one of her friends um, called. On one of her friends whose name I can't remember. Um, yeah, they Mikuchi? sung. No. But they did a Kate McCoochie song. Really? They did a Garfunkel and Oates cover of um, Pregnant Women Are Smug. Oh! Ah! <laughs> I love them! Yeah. Oh, which was that now? Women Are Smug. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Oh, what, what day was she playing? It was Friday, wasn't it? Well, Kate McCucci, well, no, 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 your, it was uh, Tuesday the 9th. That's when I went. No, I went been. to the one because they did a live show the day before that was streamed on their thing. Yeah. The day after was that one. Um, she said the second show was going to be a lot better because it was a bit more organised. Um, <laughs> but she actually like let us pick what song she wanted to play, let the like audience that. choose. Yeah. Jackson Brown did that. It yeah. was really weird to see Jackson Brown do that in the Royal Albert Hall. Hmm. Halfway through the gig, Jackson Brown was like, Oh, is there anything anyone wants me to play? And it was like everybody was like screaming all these stupid songs. And then someone said someone said something like "Running on Empty," and he was like, "Oh, I play Running on Empty." I like that song. Yeah. It's just like, Running on Empty. It was just beautiful to hear from him. Well, she was like, um, said the previous night when she did it, she thinks she had the ultra hardcore fans there because they were all asking for really obscure B sides from <laughs> ages ago. And she was like, just pick stuff that I can actually play on a piano or ukulele because that's all I've got here I love that that's awesome <laughs> um, I, I put my hand up they didn't pick me I wanted to play Girl Anachronism from the Dresden Dolls album it's my favourite song of hers oh buddy but um, I'm sure did... we'll find it online in a second we can watch ukulele some... anthem and... we can have a couple of drinks and we can watch some Dresden some Dolls thunder outside I know I don't want to go home <laughs> <laughs> um, I need like a plastic bag but yeah, it was a genuinely probably one of the best concerts I've been to. Absolutely unique experience, nothing like it. I mean, I've been to only been to a few concerts. I went to see Michael Jackson, as yeah. mentioned, um, Rush, Sigur Ross, um, Perfect Circle, and Pure Reason Revolution. And those are the only gigs you've ever been to. That's the only concert I've ever been to. I'm really Shit. selective. Next time I get some weird tickets, you're coming. <laughs> I'm only going. To, I'm very selective about who I see. I went to Pearl see... Jam's next. Oh, I fucking love that. That's, That's my next great idea. idea. Yes, Pearl Jam next tickets for both going. Yeah. I don't give a shit. But I, I was like, I'm glad I got to see Pure Reason Revolution right before they split up. Like, I can't believe I can't believe I went to the wrong fucking festival. I wanted to go to the Isle of Wight festival because Pearl Jam were playing there. Yeah. 
and I just fucking couldn't get a ticket, so I was like, I'm going to download. <laughs> That's my next plan is Pearl Jam. But yeah, um, it was generally up there with the best concerts. Like I would cry as soon as as soon as fucking um, Eddie Vedder comes out, I'll cry. <laughs> I'll, I'll shit, piss and cum, and I'll cry <laughs> all over myself, and I will not stop until they stop playing, and then afterwards I'm going to be perfectly fine. <laughs> the moment they play the last <laughs> note or something. <laughs> 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 and just stop. Yeah, then just stop immediately. I'm like, I love you, Eddie! He's yeah. not going to touch me. But, um, yeah, the Amanda Palmer concert was excellent. I recommend seeing her. But you'll be a while now because, you know, she's, she's seven pregnant. months pregnant. And um, Where can you find her albums she's supporting her music? On her website. You can just download them all. Can you give the website name? Do you know it? Um, it's Amanda Palmer's blog, whatever that is. Okay. Who knows? AmandaPalmer.gov. If you were going to recommend... <laughs> okay, so we'll do this because I feel like you, you want to talk about this. So it'd be nice to do a little bit of segment where we have a bit of an interview with you. Um, an interview. <laughs> not an interview, but you know what I mean. We'll discuss a little bit further. Um, what albums would you recommend to a first-time listener? Um, if you could recommend two, Theatre is Evil by Dresden Dolls. That, no, Amanda Palmer. That's Amanda that was, Palmer um, solo. That was the one she did the Kickstarter for. Absolutely okay. superb album. Excellent. And the other one? Um, probably the first Dresden Dolls album, which is just called Dresden Dolls. Okay. Absolutely okay. brilliant. Any standout tracks from any of those albums that you recommend listening to first? Dipping your toes, <laughs> as they say. I think the best introduction to Amanda Palmer is probably on Dresden Dolls would be. Gill Anachronism or Coin Operated Boy. Okay. Because they're both very different songs. Yeah. But they, they give you a sense yeah. of what she's going to do. But I think because she's changed a lot. That Dresden Dolls is very vaudevillian and lots of piano with drums. That's yeah. all there is, just piano and drums. Yeah. And it's very sort of like they described it as. Burlesque music? Something like that, yeah. yeah. I can't what they used to describe it as ages ago. They used to have a name for it. I think Vaudevillian's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, the new stuff, though, is a little bit more pop-influenced and stuff. Okay, so it's a bit more like Bjork, I imagine. She's yeah, going that but direction. every song on the album is a different genre. Okay. Um, right. But it's excellent. Um, yeah. Killing Type's probably the best song on the okay. last album. That's a great song. Right. Or Bed Song, actually. Cool. Bed no, Song's I, a really I mean, I'm definitely going to have a listen after listening to this. Mm. I'm sure some of the people that listen to our podcast... I always recommend listening to Oasis from Who Killed Amanda Palmer, though, because that song's um, a really upbeat, cheery song about the time she got an abortion when she was 16 after being attacked at a party. So that's a really fun, upbeat song. If I'm 100% true, like, honest about this, I just don't feel like listening to someone whine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, no, genuinely, she sounds like an interesting person and incredibly interesting to see live, obviously. Yeah. Um, and I completely agree with you. Pearl Jam would be an amazing experience. That's the next totally one. Totally going to do it. You're yeah. going to see me. You're going to see me piss, shit, come, and probably bleed out it's my. It's either anus. Pearl Jam or Tenacious D. I want to see. Seen Tenacious next. D. Live. Yeah, I need to see Tenacious D. At some point. Seen them live, they're good. But um, yeah. Although I don't feel like they want to do it anymore. They're old. You get that sense from them, <laughs> especially more recently. I hope that Jack Black does another tour to promote like. The Goosebumps film and stuff he does because <laughs> I like it. The, his press tours. If you can ever get into a press tour, it's, it's actually not that hard. Um, but if you can get into a press tour for anyone, sometimes especially musical talent and things like that, they they put on a little bit of a show. They do have a bit <laughs> of a sing and talk. Uh, but yeah, you can actually you can get into press tours. They're not too difficult to get into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some uh, some cool shit. Have you got anything coming up in the next two weeks out before we round out the podcast? Oh, there's going to be a thing soon if. If it gets finished, <laughs> oh, don't say that. You'll no, see actually, a with, with a bit more positivity. You've got a new show coming up. I'm not going to mention what it is yet, though. No, don't it's mention top what it is. Secret. Keep it secret. There is a new show coming up with Anne and another lady. Yeah, another on lady. the YouTube channel with Ducks Ahoy. <laughs> yeah, um, it's something interesting. I'm not involved and in any way, so if you hate me, dare I reveal here? I may reveal it on a video beforehand. Yeah, just I do have like got it. the gaming legend that is Ray Sparks coming back. 
from obscurity. He's been gone for many years. Is he coming here to do a video with you? No, he's recording it at his home in Spondon. He's going to post it. Out, and um, in ways, he lives in Edinburgh now. He's from Spondon originally. Um, I don't know what that is. It sounds like a place Darby. where it sounds like a place where The Last of Us started. <laughs> but um, he's coming back to record something new. He's been gone for like ten years. Wow. Right. Um, that's cool. Sparks. That's very cool. Is there any any events that you're looking forward to, or is there any games that are coming out that you're going to be getting? We've got Arkham Knight. We already mentioned that. Yeah. Anything that's else? It. That's all I'm doing. No films or anything. Ant Man's out July seventeenth. That's a little bit away. That'll be before the podcast. July first is Terminator Gem- Genesis, which I will be seeing. Do you, want to, do you want to go see that? I need to go see that. Yeah. We will go see that together or something. I'll drag yeah. my girlfriend along because she's probably not interested. I don't want to see it because it's going to be terrible. But I'm going to see it. I want to see it because I've read part of the script and I know it's going to be terrible. Yeah. And that's part of the fun for me yeah. is seeing your reaction to what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but uh, I've got. I'm seeing Michael Cera play on Monday. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Cera oh, yeah. from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. Boiler Room in Guildford. Yeah. Yeah. I would have gone to if, that, but I'm broke. So. If anyone's there, if my girlfriend ducks out, then I'll give you a shout and you can take her ticket. Um, uh, what else is happening? Tomorrow I'm going to a food festival in somewhere. Sausage festival. Sausage fest. Um, and then Terminator Genesis for me and Arkham Knight for me as well. Um, what else am I looking forward to? There's got to be something else on the horizon, isn't there? There's nothing out at all. Maybe. I'm going next time we come around to this. I'm going to struggle to find four things again. That's fine because um, what I can do is I can come around next weekend and dump some films off on you, so you've got some stuff to watch and review. <laughs> um, I have seen Spring. I'd recommend Spring is coming to the UK soon Didn't on you DVD that and last Blu-ray. Time? I haven't mentioned it last time, but mm. I know it's the it's being released in the UK and on DVD and Blu-ray in the next two weeks. So uh, if you have a chance to pick that up, it's a fantastic little horror slash romance slash some other genre genre film and it's uh, really nice it's incredibly it's sweet fucking It Follows out on DVD yet It Follows is coming out in the next two weeks as well oh, I need to get that yeah it's a very good film oh, I'm going to have to go to Guildford to buy a fucking film why? because oh, there's no shops in Woking to buy films from now Amazon uh, and it's cheaper I don't like Amazon and it's cheaper probably yeah <laughs> um, anyway uh, have a good fortnight if you're at the Michael Cera gig and this is released before Monday uh, give me a shout say hello I'm yeah. I'm seeing them again. Your LV54 Space Monkey, oh, or our right, human me. names, if you wish to address us in I our never slave use names. Space Monkey. <laughs> My name's Matt, this is Ant. Although I will not answer to that name, my real name is Kunta Kinte. Yeah, I was going to do that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to do that joke. Oh, see? Damn it. LeVar Burton is, is just Jordy fucking LaForge. rolling in his grave right now, isn't he? He's alive. He's not For now. <laughs> I'm going to take his name. He brought back Reading Rainbow. He did! Oh, take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. (laughs) Oh, before we go, have you heard of a guy named uh, Glenn Mordersay? He's never never gonna... Glenn Miller. No, no. We're gonna Google it after this. We'll add a little bit of music to the end of this. If we can add four seconds and get away with it, can't we? (laughs) As long as it's under five seconds, we won't get in trouble, isn't that? I don't know. Do you know who was the only person to content ID me on all my E3 videos? Uh, Konami. Fucking Nintendo. Oh, really? I thought it was Konami. Yeah, of all the games I covered on my E3 videos, Nintendo, and they content ID the Splatoon video we did. Oh, prick. Do you know what parts of the video they content ID on? What? The post show and menus. That's what they're content ID on. Because they we can't didn't content speak. ID the gameplay. Because the gameplay is always different. You can't load a video up and capture it. I that. am going to edit that video for you. <laughs> so we get rid so of the menu. If you're putting in Splatoon. Uh. Cut out the windscreens and the menus from the game. Just have the games themselves. Or, Nintendo won't catch you. Or if you like gaming, just cut out Nintendo because they become a cantagorous old bastard. And if they leave, then their studios will just start releasing yeah. on other consoles. Yeah, fair enough. Get rid of those fucks. Bye. Night! Bye. Yo! Yeah. Bye.